This is the Chasing Sport Podcast with your host, Chris Dix, analyzing the practical and legal impact of breaking news in American sports. Welcome to another episode of the Chasing Sport Podcast. The two topics we're focused on here are the legalization of sports betting and the expansion of student-athlete compensation in the United States. Today, we have updates in both areas. First on the gambling front is that the Players Association for the NFL recently announced a program that will teach former athletes about the potential risks and dangers of gambling on sports. Current athletes are prohibited from betting on the NFL, as we all learned last year when Arizona Cardinals player Josh Shaw was suspended for wagering on NFL games while he was in Las Vegas. I think this is an important development for the NFL because there's research demonstrating professional athletes might be more susceptible than the average person to becoming addicted to sports gambling because of their connection to the sport. I think it's good to see the Players Association offering this kind of service to former players in the NFL, and I'm hopeful that other sports will consider similar programs for their former athletes. If you want to know more about this news, there's an article by Brad Allen on the Legal Sports Report, legalsportsreport.com. And I'm hoping to have Brad on the podcast sometime soon to talk about the differences between sports gambling in the UK versus the United States. Next on the gambling front is a report from across the pond in Great Britain, where a report was recently issued by the Gambling-Related Harm All-Party Parliamentary Group, that's a lot of words, which has taken a close look at the online gambling industry in Great Britain. Note the ominous thunder in the background. Promise that wasn't time. There's a, a storm going on outside. This group has taken a close look at the online gambling industry in Great Britain and possible harmful effects that online gambling can have on people and their families and their communities. It's a 72-page report, but one of the key recommendations is that there should be a ban on all gambling advertising, including shirts, league sponsors, pitch side ads, and also in online games like FIFA. I think this is a pretty interesting report because it comes from a jurisdiction where sports gambling has been legal for quite some time. There's been time for researchers to develop the potential harmful effects of legalized gambling in the UK, unlike in the United States where it hasn't been legal for very long. I think it's important for lawmakers, sport governing bodies, and companies in the United States where sports gambling is still expanding to take the steps to mitigate the harmful effects that gambling has on people and their families, and their communities. There's a fantastic article that was just published by the London-based sports law firm Northridge at northridgelaw.com. The next topic covers both sports gambling and athlete compensation, and that's the United States Senate Judiciary Committee's hearing on Wednesday, July 22nd, which was entitled Protecting the Integrity of College Athletics. The hearing had testimony from Heather Like athletic director at the University of Pittsburgh, who spoke on behalf of the university and the Atlantic Coast Conference, the ACC. She was opposed to any gambling on college sports. That testimony was countered by Bill Miller, who's president and CEO of the American Gaming Association, the AGA, who you might not be surprised to hear said that collegiate betting occurs whether it's legal or not and that allowing it to be regulated is the most effective way to prevent integrity issues from coming up. Miller actually had research that he provided from his group published earlier in that week, which showed that 55% of people who bet illegally think that they're actually betting on legal sites when they're actually betting on the illegal ones. 
That was an interesting statistic. The committee also talked about name, image, and likeness issues, which we've covered on this podcast, including NCAA President Mark Emmert, who said that the NCAA needs a broad antitrust exemption to avoid litigation. Senator Cory Booker, who's a former Stanford football player, referred to the NCAA as a, quote, cartel, and said that, quote, the NCAA continues to fight tooth and nail to make sure athletes, quote, are unable to share in the $15 billion industry that college sports has become, end quote. It was a very interesting exchange of ideas and perspectives during that hearing. Next up, on the athlete compensation front, there are reports that the Power Five conferences of the NCAA, that's the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, are working on a national legislation regarding compensation for student-athletes. The idea generally is that we want to standardize the rules across all 50 states, preempting any existing state legislation on the same subject. For example, Florida, California, and Colorado already have existing statutes that would be preempted, presumably, by national federal legislation. The legislation would also provide a safe harbor to the NCAA from any antitrust litigation filed by student-athletes, which there is some currently pending right now. I'm planning to do a separate episode on this proposal from the NCAA and the Power Five conferences once more details become available. But I did want to flag the issue for now since it's being discussed in many sports outlets all across the country and even the world. The last topic I want to cover came up last weekend when a group of college athletes from the Pac-12 conference out west wrote a letter published in the Players' Tribune threatening to opt out not just of practice but also of game participation in the fall semester unless their demands regarding student-athlete treatment, safety, and racial justice were addressed by the Pac-12 conference. The letter states that because NCAA sports exploit college athletes physically, economically, and academically, and also disproportionately harm black college athletes, hashtag we are united. So that's the hashtag they're using, hashtag we are united. In response to the publication of this article, a number of the high-profile athletes that are likely to go on and play professional sports after college generally supported the letter that the athletes had written, but the higher-profile athletes said they didn't plan to opt out of any practices or games quite yet. We won't go through all the details, but some of the demands sound a lot more achievable than others. Demands related to player safety, COVID testing, those all seem pretty realistic. Other demands seemed a lot more likely to be rejected by the Pac-12. Here's a couple. Number one, a drastic reduction in the salary and bonuses for athletic administrators, athletic departments, and coaches. Number two, guaranteed athletic scholarships for six years. And number three, an agreement by the Pac-12 to distribute 50% of each sports conference revenue evenly among the student-athletes in their respective sports. I suspect that one is going to be very, very difficult for the Pac-12 to get behind. In response, though, to their credit, the Pac-12 commissioner, Larry Scott, said that he is, quote, happy to discuss these issues. We're going to provide further updates on this initiative once the student-athletes and the Pac-12 representatives have had a chance to speak to each other about these issues. That's all for now. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Chasing Sport Podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, check out our prior episodes, and visit our website at chasingsport.com. 
please note that nothing in this episode should be construed as legal advice. Until next time, I'm your host, Chris Dix, and this is the Chasing Sport Podcast. Yeah.